All right. Thanks for joining us again for another episode of the Real Estate Hustle podcast. We've got a good friend, mentor, and the accidental millionaire on the show for the first time ever, the famous Roy Cleaves. Roy, thanks for joining us. Yeah, my pleasure. Here's the, here's the book even that I wrote about it. <laughs> I love it. Roy, that, that's great. Thank you for sharing. Let, let, let all our listeners and viewers know a little bit about yourself. How long have you been in real estate? Uh, you know, what are you kind of doing? I, I know you've got a team in two locations, but I'm sure everyone's excited to kind of hear all about the accidental millionaire. Yeah, thanks, Andre. So I started in um, 2003. So I think that puts me about 18 years now. <laughs> and uh you know, pretty quickly, I was successful. And I think it's just because I was so driven uh, to succeed because I had just failed at a video store, being a video store owner. owner. So that's yeah, like, okay, I'm going to go into real estate now. And I got to be successful. So I was driven, right. And uh, I've been doing this 18 years now, I, I got so busy after my third year that I built a team. I've gotten as large as 12 members on the team. Right now we're at eight, and that's a pretty comfortable size for Kitchener. And I have a second team in Burlington that I have uh, three members at, so we're still growing in Burlington. But it's great to have uh, the two teams functioning. And as you said, you know, I've been busy with other things, and the, the biggest thing has been now investing in, in real estate. Uh, not only have I invested all along, I, I it seemed like I bought like a house a year from 2008 through till about 2010. Then I started buying two a year and around 2016, I started buying three a year. So, and then um, last year was probably my biggest purchase. I actually started buying with a partner out in Nova Scotia and we bought uh, 21 units. And right now we're building uh, two eight plexes for another 16 units. And then we also bought another fourplex right on the water to do Airbnb. So it was it was a busy year during COVID. Wow, wow! And I, and I love to I love that you mentioned COVID as well, right? We've we're, we're still in it. We're still you know we're we're in the first month of the year. We're just rolling into February here, and COVID's still a very real thing. And you're you and a number of people that have come on the show have been talking about their growth throughout COVID, and and I love hearing it. And it sounds like you've experienced some of that growth as well. Yeah, for sure. It was, uh, it was actually my best year financially for, um, for real estate sales. And even during that time, it was the most I've invested in real estate as well. And I even had time to write the book that we talked about, right? The Accidental Real Estate Millionaire. Like, and, you know, and people, I talked to some other people and they said, yeah, well, I, I thought it was going to blow over quickly. So I threw on Netflix and, and took it easy for a few weeks, you know, and I was like, well, I guess I wasn't sure what was happening and I just kept busy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that's a credit to, to being a, a top performer. I mean, you know, I, I've had the privilege of kind of looking at some of your numbers there and as modest as you are, you know, 70 million in real estate sales is, is no laughing matter. And, and then of course being in two locations as well, which is also incredible because I think your team also saw growth through this period as well. We, we definitely did. We, we had a great year. Um, and you know what? It, it is surprising because we had to adapt the same as everyone did, right? And I found we adapted very, very quickly. And we've been using the Zoom calls uh, and we trained our, our clients how to use Zoom calls, right? Wow. So, so you're doing virtual consultations. You're, you're not even worrying about having to be in the home and you're still signing your clients that way. Exactly. 
That's that's cool. I love hearing that. So so tell me more about the the accidental millionaire because it sounds kind of purposeful, right? I start with buying one a year, then I go to two a year, then I go to three. But but you know you are a millionaire now, and and it sounds like you know when you started out that might not have been the the path or the plan you saw yourself going. Yeah, and and you know uh, part of calling it the accidental millionaire is uh, just to put a little more attraction in the title. And and the truth is, I started out purposeful. And then what happened is, you know, I had a bad experience where I had bad tenants and then I stopped investing. And this is before I even became a realtor, right? And then I accidentally got back in. And that, and that, and that was because I was doing mortgages, right? I always believe the more knowledge you can have, the better you can serve your clients. So I also became a mortgage broker as well as a real estate broker. And I was helping this lovely couple in their 50s and, you know, they just couldn't quite get a mortgage. And I realized, you know, if they were willing to pay the rent a year later, they could buy that home. So I said to them, why don't you let me buy it? And you can rent it. This is how much trust I had for the people, right? So it accidentally got me back into being a a landlord again. And then those people a year later, you know, had to help their kids. So they didn't have the down payment. So they said, Roy, we'd rather just keep renting. And I said, I've had such a great experience let's carry on. Well, that went on for 13 more years before I sold that home. And that home, you know, made me lots of cash flow. At the start, it was just breaking even. But over the years, as rents went up, you know, it it ended up making me probably $700 a month cash flow. Now, it sounds like the start of of sort of that that rent to own process that I know you were you were famous for in, in the Waterloo region. Is that sort of how you started thinking about RTOs and going in that direction? Actually, the, the rent to own goes back even farther. It goes back to when I owned uh, this video store. And when I had to leave Chatham, which is where my video store was, no one was buying houses. And I had taken a course, and part of this course um, that was uh, about real estate investing was about doing rent to own. So I actually did a rent to own on my own house. And that way I was able to get it looked after while I moved to Kitchener here. And then a a few years later, I met Thomas Wong. We were selling his parents' house, and, and he had uh, studied with Robert Allen all about Rentone, and he had really perfected it, and he helped uh, me put it out there to clients and investors, and of course, now a good part of my business has been a, a number of Rentones every year. That's awesome. That's incredible, and and you know, I think, I think, so, so a lot of people don't know, for, for those of you guys listening and, and know some of my journey, I mean, Roy and I used to be in business together, and a lot of what I've learned over the years came from, from that great relationship, and, and still really good friends to this day, and, you know, I remember kind of learning some of this stuff that, that put me on my investment journey while we were in business together, and, and so guys, if you haven't gotten the book yet, make sure you reach out to Roy. Roy, I think you're on Amazon as well. Yes, it's available on Amazon.ca. You can either research, like search my name, Roy Cleaves, or you can simply uh, search Accidental Real Estate Millionaire and, and the book should come up. That's awesome. So, so Roy, you're still doing a lot of RTOs. You're still finding success in those even in today's market? We're not doing as many. It's definitely more difficult now because of the price point in, in our market here, right? right? The last ones that we've done were in Ingersoll, uh, London, outlying markets, uh, Brantford, areas where, you know, the house prices uh, were lower because, you know, as the house price gets up there, they have to have the ability to not only pay 
you know, uh, rent that'll cover all of the um, costs for the investor, but also an additional amount to save towards their down payment. So we're seeing fewer each year now because of that, because of price increase. That's really, that's really cool. So, but then you made a pivot. It sounds like, you know, with, with RTOs slowing down, um, you know, you and your new partner kind of sounds like you're going in the development uh, space now and, and headed down that road. What made the switch happen? Well, it's really my partner that made that switch. And, you know, if you read this book, you'll understand that I really believe in partnerships. And uh, so my partner, uh, Benjamin May, he was, um, you know, putting together these deals and putting together the, the opportunity to build. And actually, it started off that we were going to buy from the builder. So the builder was going to build it, then we were going to buy. And then what happened is the builder said, listen, why don't you just contract me as the builder? And then you don't have to pay like a land transfer tax. You already own it. And we're like, well, that's a great savings, right? And the more we met with him and the more we talked about what we were going to build, we were going to build sixplexes to start with. The more we understood if we sunk it into the ground, like four feet, then we could build eight plexes we, because there's a height restriction in, in the area we're going to build. But when you build eight plexes instead of six plexes, the cost to add those two additional units might be 50000 and each addition, additional unit's worth about 200000 so you got an extra $350,000 in profit all of a sudden. And we're like, wow, that went from a good deal to a great deal, right? And, and you're right, Andre, we, um, we're planning even further now. And, and this is all out east where things are a little more affordable. We're in Halifax is where we're investing now. We've got an option on land there, uh, 132 acres that we've tied up. And because of what we've experienced and what we've learned and what we're willing to learn, we're now going to see about developing that completely into um, some units that we can build some multiplexes on. But also, we're probably going to look and see if we can do some prefab homes or even a trailer park at the very back of wow. the uh, property. Wow, that's uh, that, that's an incredible growth curve, Roy. And we always talk about the hockey stick, right? It's slow at first, and then it, it sort of takes off on you. And here you are, you know, 16, 17 years later in the business and, and experiencing that growth. And, you know, what I found really interesting that you just said is, you know, you're in Ontario. Ben, I, I believe Ben's in Halifax. And, and you guys are, you yeah. know, he travels back and forth. You travel back and forth. And, and you didn't stop. You didn't look at the market. You didn't give up. You didn't say, oh, what was me? You know, Ontario's too crazy. I can't buy here. You just went and found the next opportunity. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. It's just well, what it's just the thing to do, right? You have to look to where you can find a deal. And when you see where you find a deal, you have to seize the opportunity. And, it, and in my case, Ben found the, the deal for us. And then I, I seized the opportunity to work with him when it became available. Well, I think one of the things that, that I've always credited you on, Roy, is your ability to say yes. You know, we always talk about making sure you say no at the right times, but I think you've got a knack for, for you, you always said to me, I get lucky. And I don't know that it's truly luck in that you're just, you're so purposeful around what you do. Well, and a lot of it is also being a risk taker, right? Like many people who are thinking of investing, they won't take the risk, right? Or, or they have to have everything perfectly in place before they'll make that move, right? And, and just to tell you a short story, in 2016, you know, I felt, you know, working in the market, I felt the market rising like crazy. And so I had an opportunity to buy uh, two um, 
condos in Barrie that were very well priced, a great location, I thought. And, and also I had the opportunity to buy a townhouse in Dune South in Kitchener, right? And, you know, this is when the price was like $430,000, right? Which today would now be going for 600, 650, maybe 700,000. Hard to say with our market, right? It's kind of crazy. And they didn't close till 2018. So I firmed up on these, put deposits, and I'm like, okay, now I got to figure out how to pay for them. <laughs> but I find if you talk to enough people, right? I talked to mortgage brokers. Uh, Jeff Reitzel was able to help me out in, in the end with two of them. I talked with another partner of mine, Thomas Wong, that's uh, taught me the rent tones. He was able to help me out with one of them. So with a little help from my friends, I was able to close on all of those, get them rented. And now they've, they've brought me great wealth because they've gone up so much in value and they cash flow. That's awesome. I think, I think one of the favorite things that I've loved about that, that Roy, when you talk about taking risk, I mean, you've got property, I don't know if we can say all around the world at this point, I know you eventually will, but you're in the States, you're here, you're in Barrie, now you're in Halifax. You haven't given yourself any limitations to where your investments will take you. And, and I think that's got to be part of the, the credit to that success you're having, wouldn't you say? Oh, I would say so too. And it is just looking and seeing uh, where the opportunity and what the risk is, because I remember in 2009 being with the family in Florida and we've gone the last six years in a row in winter to escape our terrible winters here, right? And I was always looking at property because that's what I do. And, you know, houses were like 250, that kind of price range. And I was thinking, oh, I should buy one of these so that I have some equity in Florida because I know I'm going to spend some more time when I eventually retire. I'll probably spend some more time in Florida. I might as well own a house there, right? Then the crash happened, right? And so by 2009, the prices were way down. And I remember seeing this like house that was built in 2005. This is 2009. So a four-year-old house, beautiful condition, 2,000 square feet, three bedroom, two bath, double car garage for 80,000. Wow. And, uh, you know, the um, dollar was even at that time. So it was 80,000 Canadian. And I said, you know, I, I think I just got to buy this. Like, it's an opportunity, right? And so I bought that one. Um, I bought another one the, a year later and another one the next year. And all of those were at par and they were all 80,000 and they all went up to 200,000 now and they're probably still climbing. And the great thing is they provided excellent cash flow for me in US dollars. And of course, US dollars became worth more than Canadian dollars. So it was like I got a rent increase. <laughs> for doing nothing, <laughs> just leaving the money in the bank. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Roy, thanks. Thank you for sharing that. that I, I love hearing those stories. And I mean, I think every time I talk to you, I learn something new as well. And, and I think the part that, that is most impressive, you're doing all of this while running one of the top teams in the nation as well with, I don't know how many team members you've got now, but, but you are running a full, a full service real estate team as well. Oh yes, exactly. And, and that does, uh, you know, keep me busy, but I always find Andre, when you surround yourself with the right people and you're one of those people, by the way, <laughs> that you're, you know, my job is made easier. Right. And, and we learn from each other. And so I have a great team and uh, they look after a lot of things for me. So uh, even during this COVID time, they, they, if there's something that needs to be done at the house, it, quite often it's my son, Skylar, or another team member that'll go and do those things for, 
for me, right? To make it easier. That's awesome. Well, and, and you know, I, I, around that COVID stuff, you know, we had a lot of people talking about the challenges of mindset. And uh, I know you've got an in-house coach that helps with some of that mindset stuff, but how are you keeping your guys, you know, really focused on, on the task at hand? And, you know, like you said, when this thing hit, a lot of people were like, you know, put the feet up, get the PlayStation up or, or you know, Netflix or whatever they're watching. And they kind of took 30 to 60 days off. And I know you guys didn't do that. You guys pivoted right away. How are you doing that with, with everyone? Uh, we're actually using the Keller Williams systems, right? And, and we do have a, a maps coach and, um, you know, we do 411 and we have a lot of team uh, meetings, right? And that, uh, and what I mean is like, we meet every morning on Zoom, right? And, and that's our kickoff for the day. And that kind of interaction keeps us connected and keeps us working together. And Andre, I'm also very fortunate that I have long-term um, teammates, right? Like uh, John Dewar, my, um, uh, my CEO for the team, my manager, my admin manager for the team, right? He has been with me over 10 years. Mila Kolovic, who's running the team for me, uh, my team leader to, um, who runs all these team meetings every, um, every morning, she's been with me over 10 years, right? And my son, Skyler, uh, about seven years. So these are you know, like long-term um, teammates, and, and that makes it so much easier because we know how we work together and we know how to get the job done and how to motivate each other. Well, that, that type of tenacity, I mean, that type of tenure in real estate is, is virtually almost unheard of, right? I mean, you, you hear agents, agents love to move. Let, let's just be serious about that, right? Whether it's on or off teams or in and out of brokerages, agents do the shuffle a lot in their career. And, and here you are with, with longstanding people that are continuing to work with you. What's, what's your secret? Is, is there a secret? Well, the one for my son is blood. <laughs> yeah, he's, not, he's not allowed, but didn't you fire him once, Roy? Didn't that happen? I, I heard a real- Yeah, yeah, that did happen and I rehired him, but that's a longer story. <laughs> that, that's how he was able to get back in was the blood. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, it, it's really that they uh, really appreciate my management style with them. And, and that's what they tell me because I ask them, right? Like why have you stayed with me all this time? And especially someone like Mila Kolovic who's had lots of offers, right? And she said, I just totally appreciate the way that Roy runs this business and it's a match with the way that I wanna run the business. So that that's the main thing, it's the management style. So, so, I mean, your culture, right? I mean, I, I think you, you've simplified it into management, but but I think you're you're probably not giving yourself a lot of credit and in, in that leaks into the entire organization in that your, your management style is the representation of the culture that you've brought to the organization. That, that is the right word. It, it is the culture, the culture of the team and the culture of, uh, of us all together. Well, and, and it's funny, Roy, because that, that, that word has probably been the number one word that, that's come up in my world over the last, I'd say, 60 days in, in different interviews, meeting a lot of agents, talking about, you know, supporting, joining brokerages, et cetera, et cetera. I keep hearing culture, 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 culture. And I'm not sure if it's the, the change that's happening in real estate where, you know, we're seeing companies offer less and less value every year and, and all these things happening, but people want to be a part of something. Um, and, and that's that culture piece that they're looking for because this is such a lonely business. And, and I think we feel it more during this COVID 
COVID time, right? Because you're even more separated away. Like, you know, we're not in the office. We're not interacting that way. So definitely, you know, it's important to have, have that culture. And one of the things that I always did is every month, I either had to get together with my team, you know, like a fun event, or we had a client party event, which was still the team getting together, but we had a whole bunch of clients there as well. So that way, every month there was something going on, right? It's been a lot harder to do. However, we've still been able to uh, do some things digitally. Uh, when there wasn't quite as tight of a lockdown, we actually were able to go to a movie theater. And we went like during the day and we didn't even have to do a special booking. It was like, so dead and and they, they you know they separate seats like you know two of you can sit here that are from the same household because i i invite their spouses too right my teammates spouses so okay you two are over there you two are there there and we all watch the show and then you know we're all with our masks standing out in the parking lot when you could get a group you know bigger than 10 or whatever the number was at the time and uh you know, it was great to still to see everyone because it'd been a while. And that was one of those gaps before the tighter lockdown. So it's a little more difficult now, but we're still figuring out ways. Oh, and I think you have to, right? And I love that you said that, that even though COVID happened, you didn't let it be the excuse to not continue pouring into your culture and pouring into your agents. Because I think, and I don't know where I heard this, but a, a happy agent is a productive agent. <laughs> oh, it, it's so true, right? Because you know, when you're working with clients, they sense your energy, right? And, and that's probably part of the reason that I've been so successful is because I very I have a very uplifting energy, right? And I'm always happy. And when the, I talk to people and they say, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing excellent. How are you doing, right? Fabulous. Yeah, let's go look at some houses, right? Okay, let's get your home sold. It's all you know, energy, right? And if you have a different energy, then, you know, many times... They, they end up not wanting to work with you because they want it to be a fun event. Like everyone has enough stress in their own life already, right? So if they get together with you and you're making their life a little less stressful, especially during a stressful situation of either selling a home or buying a home, which are both pretty stressful, right? Then they're going to enjoy working with you. And, and then they don't forget you because they remember how you made them feel. Yeah. Yeah, no, and that's so true, Roy. And, you know, for, for those of you that are listening on, you know, Spotify or Apple Apple podcast, you, you're missing seeing the smile on Roy's face. So make sure you check out our Facebook page and, and watch this video because, Roy, you are always smiling. And, and even in all my interactions with you, I don't know that you've ever taken a problem or I've seen you take a problem and, and make it, you know, you know, into a mountain, right? You just, you kind of smile through it and, and work through the solution and then keep going, but you're always smiling and you're always so happy about it. And my favorite quote that you've given me in all this time is, Andre, some days are diamonds and some days are rocks. And, and yeah. that stuck with me for years. Yeah, so true. And, and you know, of course I have some of those, uh, I call them stone days, right? Rocks, stone days. Uh, if, we all have some of those days, right? And I'm like an open book because of my energy. So as soon as like, if I call Mila or another member of the team and they sense that I don't have that same energy, they're like, what's going on? <laughs> what, what can I help you with, right? And I'm like, no, no, it's okay. It's not a big deal. We're going to sort through it. <laughs> they sort of expect it and, and want it from you because, you know, you're giving off such, such incredible energy. Oh, it's so true. And, and, you know, what I find is when you have a big business, there's always something that's going to come up. 
And it's just easier to handle it when you have a big business because you can afford to say, it's okay, I'll pay for that and we'll just get that fixed and, and don't worry about it, right? And then it puts the clients at ease and, and, it's, and it's handled quickly and efficiently. Well, and, and you've always had a knack for that with your clients, I think, in, in that you know, you're, you're a personality-based real estate agent and, and real estate team. And I know a lot of what has made your success has been, has been you being who you are and, and attracting clients to that. Is that still the case? Or have you guys sort of pivoted into any of the other sort of newer things that are happening now? Uh, that, that's definitely still the case because a good 75% of our business is our sphere of influence, repeat and referral clients. And all of that is relationship-based, right? The other 25%, um, you know, they'll, they'll come from uh, websites that we use, right? Um, mostly that's where they come from, websites or wherever else we, you know, we run into them. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely it's all relationship-based has been our success. So, so you're not really chasing anything, so to speak, that's that's new or fancy or, you know, getting distracted. Um, you know, I had, a, I had a really good friend of mine recently became a realtor and she's probably listening to this, so I won't name her. And, um, you know, she called me or we were chatting and she said, oh, you know, I just signed up for this service. And I was like, you, you, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> and she was like, oh, no, they're great. We're going to get, you know, all of this. And I said, you know, let me guess. Did, did they try to convince you that it would only cost you one deal? And oh yeah that's what they said you know we'll get one deal and it covers for the whole year and i said yeah you're never going to get that deal that's <laughs> that is the problem because those services they pitch them that way and you know a lot of it is facebook and, and we do our own advertising on facebook like we we don't need someone else to do it. i'm very fortunate that uh, john Dewar, you know my operations guy he, he's able to handle all of that for us and so if I hire someone else to do that, I find they don't do it any better and I end up paying more money, right? It's just not, not worth it. Yeah. But social media has been a, a good way to, um, you know, find people as well, of course. So, so what do you say? I mean, you, you've been in this for, for long enough that you've been through, I, I, I'd call them two shifts, right? This one and sort of the, the market shift in 2009, 2010 here in Canada, um, what are you seeing next? Like, where do you see real estate going? Is, or should we be gearing down for something big or is it status quo as far as you're concerned? You know, it, it's, a, it's an important question. And uh, of course, none of us have a crystal ball and it's always hard to tell because the government can also affect what happens, right? If the government brings in some sort of policy to cool our market, which they've done, which they did in 2017, right? We had uh, prices going up in early 2017 at 40%. And by the end of the year, it was down to 25% because of a change that they put in, right? right. Um, I think that was so, a foreign buyer tax, wasn't it? That, that really that's, the market? Yeah. That's exactly what it was, Andre. That's what it was back then. So, you know, bearing the government doesn't do anything drastic. I have a feeling this is going to go on for a while. I used to believe it was going to go on for like 10 years. And I tell everyone, like, this is going to go on for 10 years. And that was when it was more of, a, you know, maybe 8% a year right. rise. But we've seen incredible price appreciation in January, even over December, like, like huge, you know, tens of thousands of dollars more for the same house. Well, de depending on when you're listening to this, I mean, we're, we're, like I said, we're first week of February and in at least Southwestern Ontario, we're seeing double digit plus, you know, probably close to 20% increase in the last, 
what six weeks maybe seven weeks yeah um in in prices so so to put it in the context for everyone kind of listening and watching that's abnormal <laughs> we don't see that happen year over year you know in six weeks you see that big of a of a jump i don't know that it's sustainable that that's the big question is it sustainable i think it's sustainable for a while so my outlook now is a couple of years and the reason for that is because, you know, I always look at prices and what they are in my other market in Burlington. And like the townhouse there, you know, has always, even a used townhouse has always been like seven, 800, maybe moving up to 900 now. So for us to get to that seven, 800, uh, we can be there just like it was in Burlington, just like it is or was in Toronto, right? So I feel at least a couple of years, it kind of also depends how soon the economy recovers because that will gear interest rates. And once interest rates start to come up, that's gonna affect affordability. And then, you know, the market will start to slow and then people will say, okay, well, if I'm gonna sell it and take a profit, I better do it now. That'll put a few more houses on the market. Yet overall, Andre, I think there's still gonna be an ongoing shortage of supply of homes. And as long as there's a shortage, I think prices are gonna to continue to rise. So I think even for the long-term, I'm planning to keep my real estate long-term and, and, you know, refi it to get some money to buy more as opposed to cashing out. Right. Now, now, would you still, I mean, you work with a ton of investors. Are your investors still buying? Are you still buying as an investor locally in Ontario here as well? Oh yeah. Many of the investors have said, you know, they're buying as much this year as they did any other year. Right. And uh, I know, like I said, last year, I bought more than average. So definitely those investors still want to invest, uh, especially if they're able to refi and, and bring out some more cash to give them the opportunity to buy into uh, another one. The thing now is, especially with my connection out east, uh, you know, a lot of times they may consider a different market than our market. However, there's still a lot of the investors that are like, Roy, I want to be in Kitchener-Waterloo. I understand it. You know, the economic foundation is here. Uh, we know this market's going to continue to grow and I want to buy here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and we're seeing, we're seeing similar stuff as well. And, um, you know, I'm trying to get people to understand, you know, there's always the right time to buy is right now or five years ago. Well, we can't go back. So, you know, keep buying right now. And, and very similar conversation. Your, your outlook similar to Mark Loeffler, who, who we know does a lot of investments as well. And yeah. he was sort of saying the same thing as, you know, stop kind of worrying about the external factors and, and really start, start driving home, whatever your goals and your objectives are. And I know you're one, one for doing that. So, you know, we have a lot of new people that listen. And, and I always ask this because everyone's got a different outlook. If you're brand new coming into real estate today, what are you telling them? You know, I know you've got some newer people on your team as well, but what's your advice to that, that brand new agent or, or even that agent that's maybe been doing it a while and thinking I need to reboot my business or I need to, to reset and, and, you know, I want to be like Roy someday. What, what would you tell them? I would tell them to reach out to their sphere of influence, right? Talk to everyone that they know. Like, really, that's how I grew my business. And that's how it still performs today. And I mean, it's everyone that you come across. And never stop lead generating. Andre, you know from working with me that I lead generate on a daily basis, not necessarily phoning people, but when I meet them, like when I, I and I know I've told you the story, I'm at the dentist, right? And I'm like, how's your house, right? And he's in my mouth. And sure enough, I end up connecting with him and I sold his parents' house. I sold his house, helped him buy a farm. 
Like that was, you know, hundreds of thousands of commission, right? And simply because I asked him how his house was, right? You, you have to not be a secret agent. You have to reach out. And, you know, anyone you're doing business with, talk to them about real estate. You know, if I, if I go to a wedding, which there's not many now, but when there was, I know probably a few months later, I'm going to end up selling someone a house from that wedding. Whenever I went to all the, I went to many training with Keller Williams, right? I'd go to family reunion, which is uh, the conventions that we had. I would go to the bold training. Whoever I ended up sitting with knew that I worked the Kitchener-Waterloo market, ended up with a number of my cards and my proposition. And, you know, they got to know me because, as you said, I'm transparent. And what happens is, sure enough, a call, you know, a couple of months later, I would get a deal and I'd be like, that just paid for my whole trip. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and you know, funny, funny you say that, Roy. There, there's a story that I always teach to you, and, and we always do our, you know, that, that purposeful lead generation wherever you are. And I don't know if you remember this or not, but I think we were out to lunch, and, and you know, we had a great server, and, and I always see you do this. You always have your cards on you, and you gave her a card, and you said, hey, if you're ever thinking about becoming a realtor, you should reach out to me. And I thought that was just, just brilliant in that moment. I'm like, why, why would you even do that? Right. She's never going to call. And I think it was less than 60 days later, she called and her mom and dad were selling. And, um, and we listed that place off of King street. Yes, um, we did. Right. And, and it was, you know, why did you call? And you always ask that. I always found that that's so cool. You know, you go into an appointment and the first thing out of you, you know, is, Hey, great to meet you. And, and you do that. And then you say, you know, can I just ask, you know, how, how did we get connected? And she said, well, you, my daughter served you and she brought home your card and had nothing but nice things to say. <laughs> and the amazing thing about that, Andre, is that was St. Patrick's Day and I'd had enough that my wife had to drive me home. <laughs> <laughs> the beautiful thing about that is, you know, that was what, a, a $20,000 lunch, right? I mean, you, you know, you spent yeah. maybe a hundred bucks and, and it turned into a $20,000 return. And, and I tell that story all the time because I was there to witness it and kind of went, there's no way this girl's ever going to call or anything. And here you are, you know, we're on a listing appointment together. and I'm learning from the master on, on how to list this house. So it blew me away. I, it, I tell it all the time. And I love that, that you did that. It was awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, I mean, where are you headed next, right? I mean, I always like to end with, with finding out, you know, when we talk to you next time, what would you have accomplished and, and where will we see the accidental millionaire? And are there any more books coming? Cause I loved reading that last one. It was phenomenal. I always learn something when we talk or now I read your stuff. So what's next? Uh, I think I'd like to write another book, although I don't know if it'll be this year. It, it might be you know, maybe another year. It's not high on the priority list, um, but I think when I do, I'm going to call that book Lead a Bigger, Better Life. And it's going to be, you know, through real estate investing and, and that kind of thing, because that, that's what I love. And that's what I'm going to spend even more of my time on um, this year is real estate investing and developing in particular. So we have that one site already. We're now looking at another site that's uh, 250 acres. So if we can tie up that site, I mean, that's, a, that's another lot of um, big project that'll take us time to work our way through, right? So I think it's going to be development is where I really want to spend my, my time and focus uh, for 2021. That's awesome. That's incredible, Roy. Th thank you so much for sharing. Like I said, we got a lot of listeners. Um, we're now seeing listeners show up all across the world, which is absolutely incredible. So how do they find you? We know they can go to Amazon and get a copy of the book, but if someone wants to connect with, uh, with Roy, how do they get a hold of you? 
Uh, easiestly is this ccrealtygroup.ca. And uh, that's uh, our website. And, you know, you can email direct from there. And there's uh, phone numbers there they can call if they prefer to call as well. That's awesome. Thank, thank you for sharing, Roy. And then thanks for being on the show. Again, guys, this is the Real Estate Hustle podcast. Today we had the Accidental Millionaire on. You can find us on Spotify, on Apple. We're on Facebook, Instagram, pretty well everywhere social that you need to find us. And if you're looking to connect with Roy, reach out to ccrealtygroup.ca and connect with Roy. And I guarantee you, you're going to get some tips on how to build wealth in your life. I know Roy's helped me with my life and building my wealth and uh, nothing but thanks from me, Roy. Thank you so much. Thanks, Andre. A real pleasure being here. Thank you.